Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 95. It's March 12, 2015. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. If you're new to the Wealthsteading Podcast, you might want to check out our first 10 episodes. That's where I lay out my fundamentals and my philosophy on building wealth. And those 10 wealth building principles are what have helped me get to where I'm at today. I can't guarantee they'll work for everybody but they've served me well over the last 30 years. And for the people that think they're too simple or too common sense based, well, I'll tell you, look around at our society and ask yourself how much common sense people are actually putting in an application. In any case, check those out. I think you might like those first 10 episodes. They're free of charge and I guarantee they're worth every cent of it. Today's podcast may be a little bit shorter than normal. Um, I did want to get around to answering this question. I've received many listener questions and inquiries about this. It's been a question I've had on the back burner. I've been meaning to answer it, and I haven't gotten around to it. And this week, when I was setting my goals and objectives, I said that I would answer this uh, one listener question if I didn't get anything else accomplished for the week. And it's late Thursday evening, and I haven't done it yet. So although I'm on a tight schedule and I have some other things I need to accomplish tonight, I do want to check this off of my to-do list. And so here it is. Now, this common question that I've received in, in different forms and from people in different walks of their life, it's all been about the importance of being a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or people asking me whether I think they should do that uh, to maybe adjust their income or their working priorities. Other two-income families, you know, where both spouses are working and they're just kind of making things meet, they're asking me about how people manage to stay at home because they'd really like to do it and they're struggling with all the responsibilities that come with, you know, earning a living and at the same time taking care of their family. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about the just the general benefits, the value, if you will, the value of a stay-at-home spouse. Now that becomes much more important depending on how many um, children you have, particularly how the ages of the children if they're smaller. But it can also be an advantage even if there are no children at all. And being a stay-at-home spouse doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give up your career. Just to give you my, my own personal example, I work for my home. Now, I own my own firm. I could put it anywhere I wanted to. I could have a fancy office building. I could do a lot of different things. I chose not to do that, mostly because I'm a cheapskate and I really value my own freedom. And I didn't want to have to commute to the office every day. I didn't want all those extra expenses of having an office. But I also did that so that I could spend more time in my home and with my family. Now, I don't want to confuse the issue and make it sound like I stay home and do a lot of housework and things because I'm kind of lazy that way and I don't do it. But I am here to help out my wife if she does need something. If a kid's sick and needs to pick up from school or whatever, you know, I'm here, I can make that happen. And even when I work for corporate America, generally I was in sales and marketing. I was traveling a lot. Many of those times I worked from home and I was able to have a very flexible schedule. So I encourage you, whether you have kids or not, whether you're working full-time or not, if you can find some way to work out of your home, even if it's, you know, one day a week, one day a month where you're telecommuting, I'd really encourage you to do that. Just from a quality of life standpoint, it's a huge benefit to you. You know, again, you can think of all the things you don't have to do. You don't have to commute. You don't have to try and find a parking space if you work in the city or, you know, or pay for parking. You don't have to go out and buy lunch. You don't waste time with office politics and all those kind of things. So it's a great advantage. I'd encourage, again, any of you, if you can make your schedule work so, you know, you can spend at least one day at home, you should try and make that happen. And I know there are a lot of mom and dads out there that do have full-time jobs where they're working from home, software or other type of computer programming jobs where they can work from home. 
Again, that's fantastic. I think even if you have to give up a little bit of money in the form of salary, that you'll definitely pay yourself a lot more dividends by staying home. I know some people have taken early retirement, um, people that are in the military or police uh, type work, you know, government service type work. They've been able to take retirement when they're still fairly young. Some of them still have young children. Uh, both men and women are staying home and, uh, you know, collecting, you know, quote their retirement while they're taking care of their kids and then the other spouse works full time. Again, that's great. If that's something you can work out, I'd encourage you to do that. I think if you have children, you really owe it to them to make their home experience as positive and as nurturing and loving as you can. Generally, if, if one of the spouses is staying home, it's easier to accomplish that goal, not because they love their kid anymore, just because they have more time to do it. I mean, we only have so many hours in the day. If you're putting in eight hours on the job and then you're trying to come home and clean the house and cook and run kids around to music lessons and sporting activities and all that kind of stuff and then help them with their homework and then get them to bed. I mean, that's a huge challenge. I know many of you do that. I salute you. I take my hat off to you. I don't know how you can do it. My wife and I have had six children. A lot of people come up to us and say, well, how do you do that? How do you raise six kids? Well, my wife was always a stay-at-home mom. Now, I'm not saying that made it easy. I'm just saying that made it easier. I look at families that only have two kids when both spouses are working, and I say to them, how do you do it? I just think it's really important, if you can make it work, that someone should be home. And again, maybe they're working from home. Maybe they have a telecommuting job. Maybe they have their own business and they can work it from their home. Uh, maybe I, I know people that do shift work where one spouse works uh, during the day and the other one works at night and they'll kind of switch off that way. Again, that's really challenging. That's hard to do. But if someone's there for the kids, it can surely make life a whole lot easier for everybody. To the professional women that spend you know, 40, 50, 60 hours or more at work, and then they're bringing work home with them. And again, all those chores are falling on them, cooking, cleaning, you know, chauffeuring the kids around. I really just don't know how you can get it all in. You're like super moms. I think that's amazing that, that people can pull it off. And again, it wasn't something that my wife and I could have pulled off if both of us were working full-time jobs. My wife and I met when we were in college. We got married um, in my senior year. She was already graduated. She was working as an x-ray technician in a hospital. She had a good job, good benefits. If you remember my story, I had already served four years in the Marine Corps, so I was older than the average college student. So we were married in my, in my senior year. She got pregnant soon thereafter. She kept her full-time job until she had our first child. In fact, she was working in the hospital when she went into labor. I got the phone call. I was about four hours away, and I had to really rush home to, uh, to be there for the baby. But once she had our first child, she never went back to her career. She decided that she was going to be a full-time mom. By that time, I had a full-time job. I was making decent money. And let me, let me categorize it. It wasn't that I was making decent money. I was making okay money. Early on in our career, we weren't wealthy. We weren't making more than the average person. We had to struggle and budget, particularly as our family grew. You know, again, we had six children. Kids can be very expensive. The way we managed to do that, though, was that we had discipline about being very frugal in our habits. We cut way back in consumption and things that we didn't need. And we put the emphasis on, on one, saving for the future. And then the other emphasis was on just buying things that focused on improving the quality of our family. So I always tried to afford a nice house in a good neighborhood, someplace where the kids would grow up in a safe environment, somewhere where the public schools were decent, someplace where they'd have other children of um, you know similar background to play with. I traveled quite a bit. I wanted my home to be in a safe area so that when I was gone, my wife would have a sense of security. So the purchase of our home was our largest single expense. We foregoed other privileges. We didn't take big fancy vacations. 
The first time we went on a family vacation to Disneyland, I think my older children were like 18, 17, 18 years old. Now, since we had six children, there was obviously an age, age gap in the kids. So while some of them, maybe one of them was 18, the other youngest would have been, you know, 10 or 12. But we waited that long to go to Disneyland because it's just a very expensive thing to do. And we, you know, we foregoed it. Our family vacations consisted of things like camping or since we were far away from our relatives, we'd drive back home to see grandma, those kind of things. It wasn't like we were taking any big trips to Hawaii or anything. Got to remember, grandma lived in the cold town in western Pennsylvania. We also skimped and didn't um, didn't buy other things that many people would consider necessities. If I'm remembering correctly, we never had cable TV in our house until I was maybe 40 years old. I know I was somewhere in my 40s. Now, some of you would say, well, how can you live without ESPN or whatever, the History Channel? Well, we just did. We did without. I've never bought the premium channels. We've never had things like HBO. You know, personally, I don't think that adds to your quality of life. I don't want my kids watching that. You know, shoot, I don't want to watch that garbage. You know, things like cell phones. My youngest uh, kid right now is uh, going to be 15 years old. She doesn't have a cell phone. When my younger kids were coming up, uh, I don't think any of them got cell phones until they were in high school. And generally, we had, you know, one or two kids that were close in age. So they'd have one cell phone and they'd have to share it. My wife didn't get her own cell phone until, I don't know, maybe just five years ago. So the point I'm trying to make here is that we chose to live a frugal lifestyle so that we could afford to have my wife stay at home so that we could have a larger family. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just, this was our choice. This is what we chose to do. But those choices we made, going without cable TV, going without cell phones, not taking expensive family vacations, by foregoing those things, it allowed us to have the money to do other things. And again, the things that I mentioned that we were able to put our emphasis on. So we were always able to afford a nice home in a safe area. I was eventually able to pay off my mortgage so that we could be debt free because we weren't paying that $150 for cable or the extra, you know, $175 for cell phones and things. Well, I was able to save that money and accumulate it. And that's how I bought my cars for cash. So I didn't have, so I didn't have car payments. These things may seem hard, but they're actually very simple. You just have to prioritize certain things in your life. Ask yourself what's most important and where do you want to put your time and effort? So to those of you that are struggling now, you have young families, both husband and wives are working, you're struggling trying to you know, do your jobs and take care of the kids, or there's those of you that are young enough where you haven't had your children yet, but you both have careers and you're trying to look at the future and decide how you're going to make time to have kids. Well, my advice to you, and this is advice as a father of six, and, and I don't propose to be unbiased or unprejudiced in my thoughts or opinions. I'm going to tell you that if you want to have kids, that I think that's a great idea. Again, I'm a father of six. I chose to have six kids. I wasn't forced to have six kids. I wanted to have six kids. I think children are wonderful. I think they're a great blessing. And so for those of you that want to have children or that you do have them, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'd encourage you to have more. Again, now that's my biased, prejudiced opinion. I'm not forcing my views on you. I'm just telling you my life has been richly blessed from having children. The joy that I've had from being a father has never been matched or, or doesn't compare with any material item that I have. And remember with wealthsteading, it's not about money. It's about freedom and it's really about the quality of our lives. And so I think having children are a great investment. I think they pay great dividends and a great return on investment. But you have to want to have them. If you don't want to have kids, well, don't have them. That's the last thing you're going to want to do is have children if you don't want them. But if you do want to have kids, then I think it's a good idea that you find out some way that one spouse can stay home, at least stay home part-time or work from home or something like that. And I'm not saying it has to be the mother. You know, it can be the father. However you want to work it out, I just think it's a really good idea if you could figure out how to get one of you to stay at home. And something I'd encourage you to think about, and that's the economics of it. Because I know a lot of you are saying, well, we just can't afford to have one of us stay home. 
that's where you really need to sit down with a pencil and paper, get a calculator, sit at the kitchen table, and really do some soul searching. Not only write down all the things that you can forego, you know, hey, can you get rid of the cable TV? What's that going to save you? But maybe if one of you is staying at home, well, maybe you don't need two cars, or maybe you don't need two cars that are as good as what you have now. So I'm just telling you, be frugal. Sit down at that kitchen table, talk to each other, start crossing things off of your expenses that you can live without. The other thing I want you to think about, and this is what where most people don't, and really this is the emphasis I want to make, how much is it costing both of you to be at work? Again, I mentioned the extra car. Well, maybe you don't need that. You're certainly not going to be doing all the extra commuting, so there's the gas money, the extra insurance for the car, the extra clothes that you have to have to have a professional job, you know, where you're working. Um, again, maybe you're eating lunch out, you're paying for parking. Those are all things you're not going to have to pay for if one of you is at home. What about the child care that you're paying now or the extra things you have to put your kids in because you're not there to, to um, you know, meet them right away when they get home from school? Well, if one of you is staying home, that's an expense you can save on. What about things like eating out and even just the kids? If one of you is staying home, well, you can take the time to make lunches and your kids can take lunches to school. My kids never bought lunches. They always took a lunch that my wife packed them and they loved it. They, they just wanted to do that. They liked the things that their mother gave them. Their, their mother was an excellent cook and they'd much rather eat the things that were provided from our home than the garbage they served in the cafeteria at school. What about things you do as a family? Well, with both of you working, I'm sure that there's many nights you come home, you go through the drive-thru to get something quick, or you pick up a pizza or whatever because you guys don't want to come home and cook a dinner. Well, again, if one of you is staying home, that person takes on the responsibility to make sure the dinners are prepared so that's less eating out. Again, that's another large expense that you can save if one of you is staying at home. What about just overall quality of life? Are you spending extra money now because you're miserable and you're just looking for some kind of an escape because you're all stressed out because you're trying to work and take care of the kids and do all these different things? Well, slow your life down. If one of you is staying at home and, and that person is creating a nurturing, loving home environment, well, then everyone, the children and the husband and the wife, they're all going to be living a calmer, happier existence. Well, listen, if you're a lot less stressed out, if you're happier, if you have a loving home environment, well, you're probably not going to be spending as much time at the bar, right? Spending money on alcohol. Maybe you can throw away those antidepressants. Maybe your health is going to come back and you're going to feel more rejuvenated, right? You're going to have a better quality of life. These are just things for you to sit down and think about. Again, sit down, you and your spouse, sit at the kitchen table, take out the calculator, the pencil, and the paper, write down all those things that maybe you can get rid of, write down all those things that maybe you can save with one of you staying at home, and then look at the bottom line number. Maybe you're not making as much as you think you are with both of you working. Oh, by the way, I forgot to even talk about taxes. Taxes are also probably taking a big chunk out of things. The less income you make, the less taxes you pay. It's a fact of life. Off the top, you know you're paying probably 7% Social Security and Medicare. So those things add up quickly, and you won't be paying them if you cut back on one of your paychecks. So do the math. Think about it. Ask yourself, what kind of return are you getting with both of you working? And then what will happen if you cut back and if one of you can stay home full-time or maybe even only part-time? I'll just wrap up by, by saying this. You know, I've gotten to where I'm at today, to where I have a very nice lifestyle, to where I'm financially independent, and I can pretty much do whatever I want. That's something that I dreamed about. It was a goal that I had, and I spent many, many decades putting myself in the position where I could do it, where I could achieve this financial independence. And I can tell you honestly that the reason I'm able to be where I'm at today was because I did have a stay-at-home wife, because I had a spouse that was willing to sacrifice her career and dedicate her life to taking care of our children and taking care of me. So when I was traveling all around the U.S. and all around the world trying to build my career and develop my business and make a, a higher income, I was only able to do that because I had a very strong woman that was home that was able to take care of things in my absence. 
because she was the CEO of the house, I was able to put my emphasis on earning money and that was the trade-off that we had. I had to oftentimes take jobs that I didn't want or didn't like or had to be away from home longer than I would have chosen to, but that allowed us to have more income. That income could sustain the lifestyle that we chose and particularly the lifestyle that allowed her to stay home and take care of the children. So my success today is directly related to having a very organized, a very strong, and a very hardworking stay-at-home spouse. And again, the success that I have had, I could have never had if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for the support that she provided, if she wasn't always there to have my back. So for those of you that have asked about stay-at-home spouses and whether it makes sense to have two incomes or to stay home and have children or whatever, all I can say is if you really want to have kids, then you should do it, but sit down with your spouse and come up with a plan that's going to fit your lifestyle. So if I can make it happen, so can you. You just have to put your mind to it and be disciplined about it. Well, that'll wrap up today's episode. As always, if you have a question or concern or you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do that through the website, which is wealthsteading.com. Until our next episode, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best of returns.